The Archetypal Tarot Podcast explores universal human patterns called archetypes by investigating the major arcana of the ancient tarot. We recognize these archetypes because they are present in our own life stories, myths, and culture. Each card represents a stage of the journey for understanding the greater story of our lives. Welcome to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. I'm Sindera Quackenbush, a tarot consultant, and with me is my co-host, Julianne Javot, a consultant specializing in archetypes. We will be exploring the death card. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> we will be exploring the death card in today's show and seeing it as a stage of a journey as well as the role of the... <laughs> <laughs> That sentence just died. <laughs> oh my god. Oh okay. yeah. Oops. Okay. So anyway, we're going to be talking about death, right? And is it is it funny? Maybe it is kind of funny. That just totally revealed I was reading that, didn't it? Okay. Um yeah, we're going to be talking about death. It's out in front of me, which is the old Marseille's deck and the Rider Waite deck. If you have not seen these images yet, go out and take a look. You can Google them. I recommend getting your own deck for your own reflections to take a look at these cards before we blather on about them. No, um, <laughs> we no, we have some wonderful things to say well, about. They're good to look at, especially these two, because they're so different. They are so different, and they have skeletons on them. They both do. It's true, but um, I think the one the one is spookier than the other. One the Marseilles is a bit spookier. Oh, so you think the Marseilles is a just bit a little bit because it's spare and he just it's, it is spare. Yeah. You know, I think I like it better. I think I like this Marseilles one, but it just gets right to the point. We've got a skeleton here, totally bare bones, um, and has with a scythe. Am I saying that right? Scythe, 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 scythe has cut up people and there are dismembered limbs, hands, feet, uh, heads on the ground. The skeleton is even got his foot on what looks like a female head. Yeesh. There are um, some new sprouts though sprouting up from the ground and he's he looks very forward-looking the skeleton. Yeah so this is what we have to work with today and just to begin with you know uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with this podcast, I think, but... Uh, <laughs> I think we have to. <laughs> we have to. Look, listen to us. We're This is the way we're dealing with death right now. The way we're joking, this is just the way we're dealing with this. And we're procrastinating. We're not even getting to the topic right now. So anyway, the topic is death. Here we are. And this is this card is a reason a lot of people just don't even want to approach the tarot. They know this death card is in there somewhere and they are terrified that they're going to get it and that it means that they're going to physically die. There's, yeah, there's, well, there's a lot. I mean, this is probably the most superstitious right. card. And it's card number 13. I mean, come on. It, it doesn't get any more spookier than that, it does, does it? It does not get any more spookier. But we are here to comfort you Sort of. Sort of. Well, we're going to straight talk this one. We're going to straight talk let's, this let's one. Pull, okay. Let's pull some superstition All right. Yeah. So this, as we like to do. We're pulling the superstition out of it. We've been inspired by psychology, psychologists. We see these things symbolically. And uh, just as someone who's worked with tarot and studied tarot, getting a death card in your spread, 
seldom ever means physical death. So you can just get that word just right out of there, out of the beginning. But we're going to look at this as a symbol and we're going to dwell in it for a little bit. Let's just cut right to the chest. We've got, we've got a skeleton. We've got death. What does this mean? What exactly. does it mean as a stage for our hero who has been going along? Last time in the last stage, we saw him strung up by his ankles and we, but we discovered this was a very, could be a very fruitful time of just getting your head down to the earth and taking a time out. Seeing things from a new perspective. There's a lot that leads from the hangman directly into this, into this card because you know, we, we did, we talked about the, the possible symbolism of the hangman being like, as the, before you're born, before babies are born, they actually turn upside down um, as they're preparing to be born. And um, there's, it's like getting a new relationship to change. Like you're getting ready, you're upside down, you have to see things from a new perspective. It's as if it's like a foreshadowing of the, the ultimate sort of change. And that idea of even being the hanged man, being that piece of fruit on the branch that's just about ready to fall to the ground. And this card, this stage, is that falling, falling, being ripe and falling to the earth. And the, the, hang, the hanged man is starting to show you what are those outworn patterns? What are those parts of yourself that are taking a lot of energy and kind of hanging you up? And this stage yeah. is where you're like, let him go. Let it go. Yeah, this is also the harvest card. Uh, card. I mean, that scythe, even though it's, it looks scary to us today, we just see it as a Halloween image a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually, it's an instrument to harvest and to let go and to cut these things down. So this really is that dismemberment phase. Yeah, and the scythe itself is a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty heavy-duty symbol of, of being able to, like, cut through. It's, um, it's Saturn, the... Um, mm -hmm. The god Saturn is the god of time. Yeah. Um, and it's that, like, time, you know? Do you have time to be messing around with these outworn parts of you? It's that this is a, a time where you can address to go, really? Really? Do you want to keep doing that? Like, that habit or that idea or maybe that goal that you've had since you were 16, now is a time to go, is that what you really want? Yeah, like, that's right. Is, is, if this is your driving force, and you do you really want to put that much more energy into it. Yeah, that's a really good point because we saw in the last stage the hangman, it's an element of that stage maybe we didn't discuss was stagnancy. Things are not moving. And this is a card that really makes sense to follow the hangman in that what is not working anymore and yeah. how, or do you want to continue doing that? Let's it needs to die. So this card really comes up for us at a time when something really needs to be no more. Absolutely not. Yeah. No more. We've had time to kind of think about it. And this is that, like, and that's, I think, another reason so superstitious. was like, in our culture, do we really want to let go of stuff? Do we, you know, mm. just like, there's this sense from advertising and society and culture that it's like, you got to keep accumulating more. You have to have more. You will be happier when you have more. This card is going, that's crap. <laughs> right. Let go or you will have it taken from you. And I think this is another reason people get superstitious about the death card or even the idea of letting anything go is like, holy crap, I have to, I, I have to let this stuff go. And a lot of times life, the universe, whatever you want to call it, will kick your ass and take it away from you if yeah. you keep hanging on to it. Yeah, that's and the way of nature is to to let the things flow, to let it go. Uh, and and death's foot on this woman's head really makes me think of the goddess Kali from oh, yeah. the, the Hindu uh, pantheon. And she's stepping on 
a person she's killed, right? Mm -hmm. And and she, but she's a creation goddess. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. She is. She represents birth, birth and death. Right. So that necessity of a death so that new life can come is often a thing we don't look at too much in this culture. Things have to die for new things to come about. And I actually think a lot about, you know, how we're, we prolong, prolong, prolong life these days. And there's, we've got so many people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an interesting thing to think about that, that we must die so that future generations can continue to live with a, yeah. in a full thriving way. Yeah. Um, anyway, those are big questions well, that trouble me at night. We are probably <laughs> diving into the one, the, <clears throat> one of the most taboo archetypes and subjects. Who really wants to think about about death? Because it's the ultimate mystery, and I, it was, who the hell knows? I mean, there's lots of people in books, and the, you know, that's all we're like. But nobody really knows, right? You yeah. don't truly come back from a true death. Yeah, that's um, right. Even the people who have had those near-death experiences, the reason they're called near-death is they didn't actually die-die. <laughs> it wasn't complete, you know, the, the, that's why I think this is it's a scary, scary concept, but I think that it's almost as if the gravity of that fear around that big mystery um, and the resistance we have to it makes it all the more important to, to take a peek at, and which is why it will, it is a stage and there is, I think a lot of the, the symbolism that people have around death tends to include a little tidbit of like rebirth, like a, a foreshadowing. It's almost as if like, okay, you're going to, you know, there's, there's the death of something, you're going to let something go. But there's even in the card for the, that we're looking at, there's little shoots of, of grass and foliage growing up mm -hmm. that, that um, I know we, we just want a little hint of rebirth. There was a, uh, just the way humans work and the way we are and the way we deal with pain and the way we deal with um, maybe the, the hint of a new future. And I thought it was interesting. I heard about this study that a, a Nobel Prize winning um, psychologist named Daniel Kahneman, he did this experiment where um, people, he put their hands into really, really cold water. I mean, it wasn't going to freeze them. It was like, I don't know, maybe 30 degree water. And they had to hold their hand in there for a certain period of time. And in um, the first part of the experiment, they put their, their hands in there and then they got their hands back out. And their hands were then, or their hand was wrapped in a warm towel. And they're like, oh, oh God, that feels so much better. And then the next step of the experiment, they said, okay, well, um, you can only, you, you can put your hand in there for only 20 seconds you know, or less time than the original one, but we're not going to wrap your hand in a warm towel. People were more willing to stick their hand and have it be painful if they knew something good was coming afterwards, even mm -hmm. if it meant there was going to be less pain, you know, so it's this, it's right. this way that we kind of approach um, scary ideas and things. It's like we're way more willing to sort of sacrifice if we have a hint that something good is coming. So this is a really important topic. So we, and it's tempting to kind of want to just kind of jump to the rebirth part, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So we see the sprouts. We're like, yeah, new life. Okay, death, whatever. We're, but there's new life. You know, the, the death happens. But but we're gonna be reborn, and and it's, so we can kind of have our hippie selves visiting <laughs> here in this podcast and being like, yeah, you know, death. Don't worry about it. It's just. It's just a stage, and it's going to lead you to something so much better. Um, but we're not going to do that, <laughs> podcast listeners. We're going to stick with death. We know we we know the rebirth can come, but we we want to be true to the death here. And we, we, let's talk about some ways in which 
deaths. So obviously there's the obvious literal physical deaths, but how is it that death manifests in other ways in our lives? With things we just have to say goodbye to. So mm -hmm. it might be possessions. We may need to pare things down. We may need to say goodbye to loved ones. It may be the end of a relationship, the end of a job. These are all deaths that we're, we get pretty, by the time we're in our, well into our adult adulthood, we've survived many, many deaths. Mm -hmm. What are some other ones you can think of? Uh, the symbolic deaths <laughs> of, I mean, they're death of your youth in a way. The death mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. idea of yourself. Um, the, you know, when you lose a job or you lose a friendship, there's, there's a death there. And I think just to the, the point that I think um, you're trying to make and we want to make in this podcast is don't skip over this idea of, of death just to get to the rebirth. I think yeah. the point is to not say, oh, well, forget about rebirth. That's there. But this stage is really about the hardcore truths. And, that you know, we, we see the, the symbol of the skeleton and bones, and those are like the those real something hard in the psychic life. This is just like the essence of things. We are getting down to the bare bones. Yeah. Don't skip over that stage just because it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. This is going to be, it's a little bit uncomfortable when there's, there's so much there because we're getting on this hero's journey. We're getting to some of the more basic, basic elemental truths that to be closer to and to be one with and to let go of the stuff that's distracting you is going to be absolutely key for the rest of your journey. So spending time with this, possibly uncomfortable, by nature it's uncomfortable, um, but don't just don't just skip the stage and try to get to the idea of rebirth. You know, we, we can talk about that, but there is something absolutely necessary to get to this, these bones, these these. I, what I, I see in, in symbolism anyways is, is the immortal. They tend to, um, within both Christianity and Buddhism, the image of the bone is the immortal part of the person. Mm -hmm. It's the basic essence. It's, it's that which is not ego. And mm. I think what happens oftentimes when you, you see this card come up or the subject is it's going to be an ego death. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to be those extraneous parts that are draining your energy and that there, that there is, yes, there is a rebirth. There is something. This is a dare. This is the ultimate dare card. You know, how much of this can you let go? Kali, um, Dorga, those goddesses, Yukimochi in the, in the Japanese Shinto tradition also are also about that, like, let stuff go and, or it will be sliced and, out of your hand. That's right. And in, in this card, we, when we see that crowned head, we... We're tempted to think of that charioteer of the previous card mm -hmm. that we encounter. That this that strong warrior, young strong warrior going out into the world is has has to come at some point face to face with a loss. In that loss, in that death, a truer, deeper, bone-filled experience of life itself. Yeah. Um, and and you're talking right now about not skipping past this phase, not getting to the good parts, the joyous bits, because it's uncomfortable. Makes me think about depression. Makes me think mm -hmm. about what a lot of us feel a lot of the time. And we and society doesn't want us to feel down. We we always need to be up yeah. and happy when we're with people. We're we're expected to be up and happy, but sometimes that's just like I, I went to a it's party yeah. last night. You know, there was a gal there. And she's like, you know, I just feel I'm just feeling a bit emo right now. You know, I'm like feel a bit emo. You know, but don't feel like you just have to leave the party because you are feeling a bit emo. I mean, you can leave the party if you really want to, but. 
I'm not going to expect you to just be up and joyous like everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, we feel these things. We feel crappy at times. We hope you're enjoying this episode and we invite you to become a part of the Archetypal Tarot team by becoming a patron. It's super easy and there are some awesome rewards for joining. So just visit tiny.cc slash tarot for more information. And now back to our program. At this stage, I just would love to share a, a quote from James Hillman about depression, about being in this stage of depression and not just going for the rebirth, uh, that resurrection. Yeah. You're going to drop some hard truth. Again, All right. So, so we, in this podcast, we can't really break down and do this quote justice, but I'm just going to offer it out there. Something to digest. It's really great. So it's in James Hillman's Revisioning Psychology. Through depression, we enter depths and in depths find soul. Depression is essential to a tragic sense of life. It moistens the dry soul and it dries the wet. It brings refuge, limitation, focus, gravity, weight, and humble powerlessness. It reminds of death. The true revolution begins in the individual who can be true to his or her depression. Neither jerking oneself out of it, caught in cycles of hope and despair, nor suffering it through till it turns, nor theologizing it, but discovering the consciousness and depths it wants. So begins the revolution in behalf of soul. Tough stuff there, lady. Well, I think it's tough stuff because of, of what you what you just mentioned and what is at the heart of this archetype of death. It's uncomfortable. We don't want to be with it. And what from the Buddhist tradition and kind of some of the practices and things that I've studied and, and somebody who works with depression themselves, you know, in their own life, the last thing you really or you're told to do or you want to do is to, to be with it. But there are there is a long tradition, not popular because really who wants to do it, but um, a long tradition of be with it because partly because we know that the sense of depression and these senses that are uncomfortable the more we push them away, the stronger they get and they come back. That's but right. the truth is, if you're with it and get the truth from it, you spend time with it, it arises and then it falls. But what you're doing is you're making, you are making space for these uncomfortable things to, to, to be there. And if you avoid it completely, you are avoiding the, the message and the wisdom and the gift that can also come from this just diving into it. Um, and we're, we're just not acculturated to, to being want, willing or able or having the right support to, to do that. Um, and it's something you have to do on your own, but, um, you face death alone. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Everybody yeah. does. Everybody does. And, and as you talk about that, I'm just reminded of, of how an emotional cycle can work, uh, which is, you know, when you're feeling really bad and you're feeling a bit emotional, but you're you're fighting tears, you're mm -hmm. fighting that, I don't want to just break down and cry. But mm -hmm. then when you actually do, or when you have that last straw and mm -hmm. it, it, it is a falling apart, but mm -hmm. it happens and it, and it feels like hell at some point, but then afterwards, Oh man, what a yeah. relief, you know, yeah. all those tears, all that dismemberment. Well, I think what you're talking to is also, um, akin to, uh, the dark night of the soul mm -hmm. and yeah. St. John of the cross and that, that, that is really 
in so many ways about the archetype of, of death and of rebirth. And then if you, if you're in this cycle where, you know, you're, you're really fighting everything and you, you don't want to let things go. You don't want to get this life that you plan go. That is where the true misery is. That is where you're, you're basically being tortured. Um, and there's so much in the wisdom traditions and in, in even in, in poetry that is saying that if you haven't gone through this death cycle, you're not really living. And I think that's mm. the big message here is that there's something that's saying everything prior to this has been kind of ersatz. It's been kind of um, fake. Mm-hmm. It's been cobbled together. And which is why, you know, it's a spooky topic, but there is, there's so much wisdom about it. And it's not like, we're the only ones that are ever going to go through it. This is something archetypal. It is something that everyone at various stages is going to face. And uh, there's, I referenced a poem, I think way back in the magician podcast um, by um, Goethe. And it's a, a translation by Robert Bly. And I, I really appreciate Robert Bly's work. Um, but the poem is called The Holy Longing. And back then I referenced the first part, which says, tell a wise person or else keep silent. And I want to kind of go from that quote to the end of that particular poem. Just read sort of the, the, the end bit um, to see if the, if the listeners can um, use this as sort of an inspiration. And this is just the last stanza from The Holy Longing um, by uh, Goethe. Distance does not make you falter. Now arriving in magic, flying. And finally, insane for the light, you are the butterfly and you are gone. And so long as you haven't experienced this, to die and so to grow, you are only a troubled guest on the dark earth. Wow. Yeah. So that's, for me, that's just, that's putting it right down there. Mm-hmm. I think the internal deep knowledge of of where you need to be going and that, you know, he references the, the butterfly and the, how long does a butterfly live? A couple days at yeah. most, maybe a week for some species. Uh, but that, you know, like to die and so to grow. If you don't, you are a troubled guest on this dark earth. So there's, you know, I think of the symbolism of the zombie here as well. Because if you're stuck in this stage and you're not letting things go, mm, you know, right. the, the undead, right? The zombie is the symbol of that, you know, resurrected undead. Highly popular archetype these days mm, in a lot of ways with all so. the zombie yeah. films. And so I guess where I'm, I'm going with this is, you know, if we, if we are not willing to let things go, we are not just risking more stagnation, but stagnation in this hardcore form of, being a zombie yeah wow you know and mm-hmm. that's that's tough stuff and because um, when people are so zoned out in ipods computer lands internet lands or whatever mm-hmm. else it, it is a sort of death or or half state it's, it's kind of yeah it's kind it's of a zombie is it Shaun of the dead is that the movie i'm thinking about where it's, he the whole world has been taken over by zombies and he doesn't even notice in the first yeah. bit of the movie he just he goes to the liquor store and like <laughs> everything and uh he's waking up he's just and and people are stumbling around all over the place and, yeah and he doesn't he's even like notice. let's go down the pub <laughs> yeah let's go to Winchester I for know, it's so great That's but it's so true not not keeping um yeah death has a has a capacity to make us live to seize that moment yeah it's, it's hardcore and there's um Something it's a it's a really popular po- uh, quote. Sorry, by Joseph Campbell. 
that says we we must let go of the life we've planned so as to accept the one that's waiting for us. So it's we we have that little line. This is the one that's waiting for us, and, and I guess we're saying that's nice to run to that. Said so, okay, that's there. This is the moment. You know, this is the stage where we are in the process of letting go of that life that we've that we've planned mm-hmm. and everything around mm-hmm. it, um, and and making some space for for that time. Life is um, what happens when you make another plan. To right? quote John, John Lennon. Lennon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and Young had a very similar. Uh, statement which was to live fully is the natural way to approach death so really living that to the fullest yeah yeah and you you hear that echoed um this is is an archetypal it's a universal sentiment and i think it's just kind of fun what's like let's look at it you know there there's just there are specific times where we really need to kind of look this one right in the eyeballs yeah a little absolutely. bit and um i'm also remembering uh Lorca. Federico Garcia Lorca mm-hmm. and his study of Duende, which is mm. that the, the presence of death and tragedy is what makes life beautiful in, mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah. That it, if it wasn't for these things, that the, the very essence or beauty of life wouldn't be felt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, well, I mean, the, we just had the Dio de los Muertos festival, mm-hmm. um, which is from um, Mexico and you know, parts of uh, Latin and Latin America. And that, I mean, that's like this festival of death. Everyone just gets dressed up as skulls. You eat these little sugar um, skulls. That's that celebrating of, of getting back to it. And I think that's very much in line with this the spirit of yeah. what we're talking about. It's a great holiday. And, and all those pictures of, of people living, uh, doing everyday things as skeletons. Mm-hmm. Is very, uh, I, don't, I can't remember the name of the artist that was uh, famous for this, but drawing all skeletons, you know, uh, cleaning the house and you know going about their day wearing mm-hmm. business suits and and that really is what we are we we there's nothing uh rare about a skeleton we're we're skeletons right we're now we're walking around we're you bones. know exactly and they're always with us just like our death is always with us yeah and what a way to live when when you can be in touch with that i also this conversation is making me think of that movie uh corpse bride Oh, have yeah, you, I have. It's been a while. It's it's a really fun movie to watch. In that movie, it takes place in Victorian era, and the people that are alive are much more dead than this underworld where the, the dead are really lively. And it mm-hmm. reminds me of that Dia de los Muertos festival energy. But they're more in touch with their death, so to speak, and they're just really living it out, having a great time. Up in Victorian era, they're like... No, you cannot open the window or whatever. Yeah, they're 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 stiff. <laughs> yeah, they're stiff and rigid and dead like and uh with all the restrictions and suppressions and you can't talk about this and think about that and so yes, very interesting. Mm. Do, do you have some other films to mention uh, um in your study of death this time or are you all philosophy and wisdom? <laughs> You know, I got me some pop culture to talk about. It's interesting. I didn't actually think of the the Tim Burton sort of oeuvre of his. Oh, I his know. Films, Everyone but... loves that because it, it provides that kind of dark, creepy element that we feel lacking mm-hmm, at times. Mm-hmm. It's so nice to dwell in that that atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely. Those are those are great references, especially to see this light, like alive side and the symbolism of death sort of woven together. Um, where where I went with this. Um, this idea is um, the dark, the dark, the Batman films, but most specifically the most recent one, The Dark Knight Rises. 
Oh, and I still need to see this. Ah. It'll be on DVD soon, but um, I watched some very long clips of it online, and I've, I've seen the film, but just to get back into it, the uh, the bat itself, to start with, is a symbol of rebirth, and it's, it's, it's used in a lot of uh, shaman ceremonies and things like that, which is another thing I wanted to touch on, but the, uh, the, for the bat and the batman, you know, the symbol of the bat, it hangs upside down, and so we're kind of thinking about you know, like what was happening with the hangman and um, hmm. there's the, the reason I like the dark Knight rises mm. is that it's, it really gets to that all is lost moment, that archetypal moment where that's it. He's done. He's given up. He's not going to go out. And then he decides to come back. There's, there are multiple stages of death and rebirth throughout the film. And there is that destroyer character, which is Bane. Um, which is our main nemesis in, in the film, but he is out to destroy just for the sake of destruction. Mm. There is no ultimate um, goal other than just to destruct. And we see him as, a, him as a villain, naturally, but if you just look at it as sim, sim, symbolic, that is just saying it is to destroy, to get rid of all of those other things. And that we can, you know, as that energy, you know, comes toward us, that to to destroy to look at it in a way of like it's going to be it's it's inevitable and that fighting against it you know you 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 have to work with as that destruction kind of comes and um we find well, I don't want to give away the film I don't want to like give yes, away Yes, I have seen it. But there are there are things that happen in the 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 symbolism of that all is lost moment and what then that you can't even imagine is coming next and I think the film has a great ending it's it's a very dark film, but it has a really interesting ending, which I won't blow for the for the listeners. Uh, but it's that sort of the requisite of the endings of things was beautiful, and the fact that they spend in the film so much time underground and in the dark, mm. and both the villain and um, our hero um, are spent a lot of time basically in a deep dark pit mm. and really looking at, looking at things in a in in a a, a very stark kind of way i also thought of the film or the tv show bones because they're they're um she's a forensic a forensic anthropologist but finding the truth in the bones i thought was a really hmm. good idea of having to get down to the bare bones so if if people were um thinking about this stage as um a, a time where you can how do you get down to those bare bones of, of what's there. And there's always going to be, once you think you've reached the bare bones of something, part of the stages, there's always a little bit more. Mm-hmm. There's always a little bit more, more to go. And so, which is also letting go of an expectation that you've let go of everything you can or everything that you're supposed to at this, at this stage. Something to keep in mind too, is that this, because it is archetypal, it's universal. There are so many shamanic practices that are around the archetype of death as an initiation for especially a young person they basically are taken out and in some cultures buried alive and they literally have to over three days um, face death and face their own mortality and then it's only when they come back out that they are essentially that's their their rebirth is when they have those the very hardcore you know staring down the staring down the the barrel and um, coming coming back out, you know, with new ways to make decisions based on what they've just been through. And so when we look at this death card and we're spending time knowing that um, something's finishing up, you know, there is the idea of regeneration, but, you know, to be able to do a clean goodbye 
to certain things or ideas or aspects of your life to, to make that clean, to, to know that this is, you know, something that is the, the better we are at doing it now, the richer, you know, things will be as, as they go on. So after this stage of death, we will be exploring the card of temperance. So we get, we, we've got some gnarly cards coming up. I'm going to admit that we've got yeah. some, we've got some very interesting cards coming up, but the, but they're just like life often works. It seems to me is that mm-hmm. you go through rough periods and then there's cards afterwards that can, can be soothing and even nurturing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so we're going to bring that to you next time mm-hmm. with the card of temperance. Mm-hmm. And I think just as a, um, a final note on, on this card and on, on, on death as an archetype and as a stage, maybe as just a, it's just a, a slight tweak on the way you can look at it is to not see it as cruel. I think people there's, it's, naturally a way that we think oh it's you know death this this ending of something that it's somehow cool and maybe one person can't go oh well I'm real excited about it I mean some people can and I certainly have when I've lost jobs been like way yay it's all done but if you if you're not in this space to authentically embrace it in in this in that way is to maybe just start to see the ending of something as not being cruel mm, and not having it be feel like a punishment. And I think that could be a way to, if you can embrace kind of, if it's because it's difficult to embrace this bigger idea, but just take, take it from the perspective of maybe it's not cruel. And that could be just that trim tab, that little move on the rudder to, to start to see the aspect of the changes that are, that are happening in this stage to have it make a difference. It is not cruel, that it's not this somehow big punishment. Um, that might get more of your energies moving towards, you know, working with it and being and being with it. Right. No. No need to fall into the victim. Exactly. That archetype may arise. Right. Absolutely. Well, yeah. absolutely. It's it's a nat- and that's the thing we need to remember. We will we will naturally feel that way because there is part of our brain that says bad things shouldn't happen to me, you know, and that all all things that I don't want to have happen are bad. Mm-hmm. And that's another part of I think taking on this huge archetype. Um, it's just that thought process. I mean, that's pretty big. So, Well, thanks so much for joining me once again, Julianne, in this brave The approach. brave new world. <laughs> the brave, brave new approach. world. Brave approach to this death card. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, it, there's too much going on for me in this card. I don't know. I like this. It just get, gets right to the gets point. Gets straight to the point. It's like, you're like, we need to meet this with religion. We've got a pope. You know, you know about my history with popes <laughs> in this podcast anyway. So we're only explicit podcast so far. <laughs> so let's just cut right to the chest. We've got, we've got a skeleton. We've got death. What does this mean? We hope you enjoyed this episode. And we invite you to help keep this podcast going by becoming a patron. 
It's super easy. Just visit tiny.cc slash tarot for more information and the many cool rewards for joining. That's tiny.cc slash tarot. Thanks for joining us for the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. You can find the info sheet for this podcast by going to archetypist.com slash 2012 slash 11 slash 18 slash death. Would you like to contact us? Send us an email at atpodcast at archetypist.com. That's A-R-C-H-E-T-Y-P-I-S-T.com. Thanks for listening.